Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast with your hosts, the Battle Bros, Taylor and Isaac. What's up, Isaac? We just had a chat with our Australian buddy, Kirk, and uh, we're going to share that with you on this episode. Heck yeah. Yep. On today's episode uh, is going to be an interview with Kirk, who is the developer of fabdb.net, the uh, online deck builder and other function site. <laughs> Nailed it. The yeah. perfect pitch. So, exactly. Yep. It was a blue. Pitched a blue. It's a, you know, a card database site. It does a lot of different things. And he also runs the Wraith Times, which is one of the, you know, uh, one of the news and article sites for Flesh and Blood, kind of at the forefront of everything. They do pro articles with, uh, you know, lots of famous people. So kind of a big deal. Yeah, totally. Uh, both great resources. So uh, there will be links in the show notes to both of those if you uh, have not been to those at all. So those are great resources. So you'll be able to check those out. Um, but before we get into that interview... We have some news to talk about uh, and a few other housekeeping items. Um, so, Isaac, how about you lead us off here with uh, some of the news items? Uh, well, we have a couple exciting developments since we uh, were last on. But I'm going to announce first that uh, it's it's been just learned that Instead of the new set being called Kingdoms, which does not allude to anything, the new set, which I think the first worldwide release at all will be the sealed uh, event in Vegas in September. Um, it's called Tales from Aria. Tales and of Aria. It, oh, drop the ball. Tales of Aria. <laughs> and uh, the cover art for this new set looks like a arcane ranger or maybe you know an illusionist or wizard with a bow uh you know you can't really rule anything out but i'm going to take it to mean some sort of like a little less brooding ranger um than azalea you know she's kind of more colorful and floating and maybe has some uh some kind of magic or something tricks very cool very exciting yeah very cool i well, both of us were kind of confused at what this product is going to be. Is it something in addition to Kingdoms? But then you just like think for a second and you're like, oh, right. Kingdoms was probably just the code name before they knew actually what they were going to call this set. Which is kind of maybe weird that they knew Monarch was going to be called Monarch for such a long time and just called it that. And then kingdoms is a little different but so i have two thoughts on on that little tidbit one that i think monarch sets kind of like story wise is kind of the end of perhaps some sort of story arc you know are preparing for war with crucible of war and then we have uh monarch happening this this big battle but that then this kingdoms block is just going to be about the different uh, you know kingdoms in the continent of wraith so maybe this one just focuses on mainly aria apparently you know 
Right. Yeah, I guess Bonark did not uh, allude to anything, whereas if we had known it was Tales of Arya a long time ago, it you know, that kind of gives some hints as to what's coming. But this is a funny precedent they set, because now in the future we're always going to wonder, you know? Yeah. So is this the real name? Right. Or is it actually, you know, Tomes from the Demonastery? Is it not <laughs> called, you know, <laughs> whatever at all? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we will see. Yeah. And... And another thing is, like, they never spoil character design before they're ready to spoil, like, character design. Or, like, the art for characters. Like, there was no allusion to uh, what Prism was going to look like or Bolton or Chain or anything like that. You know, we had no idea, I think, about pretty much anything maybe somebody was correct in thinking that there was going to be solana involved and maybe there would be another warrior but so my point is is that although this is a character with a bow the artwork is probably not that of a character in uh the release of tales of aria most likely something in part of the you know just just another card i'm going to disagree with you there Oh, you think they just spoiled a whole character's portrait? Well, the spoiler art for Monarch was very much the light and dark theme and did not highlight anyone in particular. This uh, brand new character of the art, um, I think it would be odd to have this be the first art they show and then have it not be anyone. I'm not saying it won't be. I'm just saying that's what, uh, you know, that's what I think. I think that this is a character. Um yeah, I don't think so. I, I just uh, disagree, and that's totally cool. Because I think what they're telling us is, or showing, is that someone could, like, a bow, I think is the only thing we can take away from this, is going to be a weapon in this set. That's it. That's the hmm. only thing. And that they'll be Fair Maria, enough. you know? Um, I think also that perhaps rangers aren't even the only class who gets to use a bow it might be another class has a bow you know yeah but for all of us ranger players we would really love a ranger pump and some uh <laughs> ranger fun stuff so i'm sticking with that totally there definitely could be a ranger in this set uh you know but if you look at like uh there's different a bunch of different characters have swords you know so it's not like one character only gets the swords um you know this could we could have some sort of arcane arching situation who knows we don't know anything, oh definitely but you know you you just got to think about because when monarch came out and they released the second characters for each class um it kind of shone a light on uh you know what the theme of a class is right so like yeah. For Brute, um, you know, maybe some people had figured this out, but for, to me it was a little unclear. Like, so do Brutes just generally intimidate their foes? Mm -hmm. Or are they based on six power? Or, you know, it, it could be a variety of things. And it turns out Intimidate uh, is not shared in common with Brutes at all. Right. But power, specifically six power cards, is the theme, right? right. So then... You know, I'll think, uh, and then, you know, same for chain, it, it's kind of like mixed damage, mm -hmm. right? Like arcane uh, 
dark arcane and physical mm-hmm. fighting um so then i you, you just think about what are the themes of ranger and uh i would argue that arrows you know maybe hit effects i would maybe, say maybe arrows it's the the arsenal design space so using that as a function of the class right gotcha azalea's thing is to like put a car you know something off the top face up in the arsenal that's my bet is is that if we see a new Hmm. ranger they will manipulate cards in the arsenal uh differently than other classes do totally but then if you uh if the new ranger did not use arrows with a bow there's like over half of the old ranger cards would be not applicable Whereas currently, uh, almost all of the Viscerai and Reinar cards can be used with the new class. So yeah. um, if it is not arrows, then it would be a little bit of a departure in design space. Just in my opinion. Not that it couldn't work or won't be that way, but you know. Right, right. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll have to see. Cause, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Azalea's text does say if it's an arrow, right? That it yes. gains dominate. Yep yeah yeah uh so we'll see we'll see what uh happened an interesting uh little detail that i've noticed is uh i think i've shared this before too but on the ranger card take aim it buffs your next ranger attack right not yeah. your next arrow yeah. so it is very possible that there are different types of ranger attack yeah. like different than generic but not arrows so anyway we'll we'll probably get into this plenty in the future but yeah, uh yeah. it's just like it's just very titillating you yep. know <laughs> yeah they do a good job the hype has started already they do um so yeah the next big announcement that's happened is that the callings are coming to the u.s so uh we're also getting road to nationals uh it's kind of old news by the time this podcast comes out since it was like the day or two after we uh launched our previous episode Perfect timing. Um, yeah. You know, we had no clue. And then we put out an episode <laughs> about testing and getting ready for uh, events and stuff. And so, uh, you know, it yeah, just, really, really perfect timing on that one. Yeah. You got it, it. It's a yeah. testament to our genius, basically, <laughs> our collective genius. So, <laughs> again, excellent job, us. Um, so, me and Isaac. And People's Champion Colin and Thomas and Johnny Blue Razor himself, we will all be at Vegas September 10th and 11th or something like that, whatever the date is. Yeah, we'll be there Thursday night through Sunday night. Yeah, so we wanted um. to uh, do a like meetup with any listeners or whatever so if you guys send us an email at the attack action podcast at gmail.com um, and we will be coming in thursday night the 9th um, and we'd love to like grab a beer with you guys and gals either thursday or friday night for like about an hour or so and just get to say hi and you know share a share a beverage and what have you so uh, let us know uh, what your plans are, if any of you are going to be there, and uh, we'll coordinate some sort of meetup. Yeah, sounds like fun. Heck yeah. 
all that stuff just sounds just so great after the past year too, you know? Oh, totally. I mean, the psych for the calling in Vegas is too much to explain, really. <laughs> Immeasurable. <you know? laughs> yeah. Like, earth shattering. Earth shattering. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, just to be able to like play in a big event, uh, having a lot of focus to a lot of our play now is really great. I really enjoy that. And just getting to like kind of celebrate the past year, you know, of us starting the podcast and playing Flesh and Blood with basic with, you know, this calling at Vegas. Uh yeah. it's just gonna be great. We're we're participating in the kingdoms slash now Tales of Aria uh world premiere on that Friday. And hopefully we uh make day two and uh don't have to worry about the ProQuest on sunday yep yep so but there'll be plenty of events so we'll be playing sunday regardless yep definitely yep we're we're Um, playing as much flesh and blood as possible anything else in the news uh nope uh road to nats are being you know announced and we're gonna try to make at least one um it's right when school starts so i get really busy uh right then so gonna try to make one we live in the middle of nowhere so everywhere is like a drive for us Totally, and uh, kind of annoyingly, there's like no Bay Area road to Nats except Vacaville once. Yeah, but what we'll we're gonna try to make. Well, I might try to make two, but um, yeah, it's just a little tough for us to, you know, just run run around attending all these tournaments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's totally. a big country. Yep. Um, so yeah, we might be in Portland for the road to Nats at Mox. And if you're going to be there, let us know, you know, what the meta's like and uh, get a coffee or something if you're uh, in the Portland area. So, yep. so there's that. Uh, the last thing kind of on our list here is we just got done and we mentioned it in the interview. This past weekend, we did a learn to play at one of our local LGSs. Shout out to North Coast Role Playing. Um, and it went great. We had uh, six people show up. Uh, and uh, our buddy Troy was there, and uh, we handed out some free decks. Shout out to Homer. Thanks, Homer. Uh, and everybody walked away with some some uh, Welcome to Wraith heroes, and uh, everybody seemed pretty psyched, you know? So, Yeah, the psych was pretty high, which was cool. People were very intrigued. Yeah, definitely wanted to, like, get better at the game and play more and that sort of thing. So, so we're, whole, we're doing another uh, Learn to Play here. Uh, at Hidden Oasis Gaming in McKinleyville on July 11th at 2 p.m. Um, so if you didn't make that first one, uh, you can make that next one and get some more free decks. Or if you did go to the first one, show up to that one and help kind of teach some other new people and, and all that stuff. Yeah, and uh, we might have a hot hot lead for even a third Learn to Play in our area. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Definitely. Go ahead there, best friend, co-host, uh, Isaac. Hey, thanks, buddy, battle bro buddy, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> well, I wanted to uh, just do a little segment really quick. A little listener mail shout out. Oh, sweet. Sounds good. Are you done with uh, news? Yeah. Cool. Shout out to uh, Manuel or Manuel. Uh, thanks for the 
great email you sent us. We always appreciate people uh, reaching out. We're not going to do a full listener uh, mail segment and answer several questions about, you know, uh, flesh and blood meta or anything. But um, Manuel wanted to know what type of trees are around. So around my house, we have some lovely white oaks, madrones, live oaks, um, firs, which are also really nice but opportunistic. So we try to keep them from encroaching on the uh, oak woodlands around here. And... uh, some buckeyes down in the creek. Um, and then further out, you start to see more types of tree. Like we have redwoods in this area and stuff like that. But just around my house, that about covers it. Um, the occasional maple, but uh, not usually. Well, at Taylor's <laughs> house, I have an orchard. So I have apple and pear trees. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have, redwoods. And I have redwoods. And I have big leaf maples. We also have some firs and chestnuts and then uh some alder in the in the creek as well it's just lovely yeah oh there's some pine trees too i believe down at at headwaters anyway that's uh thank thanks for that uh, excellent question (laughs) (laughs) yeah also yeah yeah manuel our that email was probably the best one we ever had so we laughed hard and we loved it and thank you so much that was great made our day yeah uh, with that, though, we're just going to get into the interview. Isaac, you want to plug our socials, and then uh, then we'll hop onto this interview with uh, Kirk. Oh, sure. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Um, Taylor already pitched our email address. Um, we love it when people reach out on any of our platforms. Um, you can find. Oh, we have an affiliate link um, with. Fab Foundry. So if you're in need of singles, take the three extra seconds to find our link in our RSS feed or wherever and click that to take you to Fab Foundry and then do your shopping and we get a little kickback that helps us out. Um, Thanks to all of our patrons. We very much appreciate your guys' support. Um, We get to meet you now in our Discord, which is uh, just great. And um, we are finalizing the the finishing touches on the artwork for our various prizes. So those will get uh, ordered and shipped out soon. Yep. Yeah. We got some really sweet sticker designs um, and a brand new uh, play mat design coming down the pipe. So uh, if you support us at uh, tier two or three, you should be getting uh, stickers or a play mat. Right. Yep. Did I forget anything? Does that cover it? I think I think that's it. Good All right. Job. Well, let's uh, let's hear from uh, the man, Kirk. Yep. Uh, enjoy this interview with Kirk, the developer of FabDB.net, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. And here we are with our sweet interview we have lined up with Kirk, the developer of the. Flesh and Blood Deckbuilding.net browser website. As well as the Wraith Times. Yeah, that was pretty comprehensive. Browser, website, deck builder. Kirk, is that correct? That sounds almost accurate. Uh, FabDB.net, yes. Totally. Good. See, that's why uh, <laughs> people wanted to hear it from your lips rather than mine. I don't know. I think your voice sounds better. So if, if, you, if it was more accurate, I think they would have just been very, just lapping it up. Well, we have the classic, uh, we're 
Americans and the majority of our uh, listener base is American. And so you're the mm-hmm. one with the accent. So you automatically win the, the voice uh, the voice competition. The voice competition. So, but for, <laughs> we do actually have a listener in Poland. Hello, what's up? Uh, so we are exotic to that person. All three of us. So win for us. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Got your pants. <laughs> yeah. Heck well, yeah. Uh, good morning, Kirk. We're uh, doing this interview from across the globe. It is uh, mm-hmm. evening time for Taylor and I, and um, it's tomorrow for you. Which, yes. Uh, greetings from the future. It is a fantastic place to be. Oh, that's so good to hear. Because <laughs> it's very bleak <laughs> in the present. <laughs> it's it's not so good over in Australia either. But uh, no, look, today's very sunny. The, the weather is good. So hopefully it just passes on good vibes to you guys as well oh, as excellent. the future comes. Yeah, it's, it's uh, sunny here as well. And if for the listeners at home, if you don't understand how the world works uh, <laughs> it's actually winter time correct in australia uh yes that's correct yeah. sorry flat earth as it is a globe <laughs> boom yeah. Roast yeah. It. Roast <laughs> it yeah get out of here flat earthers heck yeah all right uh, real, real political talk show we're, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're hosting totally. here so uh with this interview we're just gonna we're just gonna do our normal thing, everybody. We're just uh, we're gonna bullshit basically, and then uh, then it'll be over with, and it'll be entertaining and wonderful, and uh, you'll be happy you spent the next forty five minutes with us. So, so uh, preemptively, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. Yeah, totally. Um, over to you, Isaac. So, first of all, um, for anybody who doesn't know, can you just tell us uh, some about yourself, Kirk? Like. Uh, you know, whatever, just who are you, you know, personally? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Firstly, let me apologize. Uh, I have a, a newborn infant in my household and she's starting to cry. So if anybody oh, can hear you. that, I apologize. No, yeah, fine. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's fun, but it can also be quite annoying, <laughs> especially when I record a podcast. So, but anyway, uh, look, yeah, look, my name's uh, Kirk. Um, I developed FabDB. Uh, I'm also responsible for the Wrath Times, uh, the technical side at least. Um, I work with someone else who does the, the, you know, sort of more of a content focus. Um, and there's more projects coming out in the future. So I'm currently working on Card Tech, which is the sort of parent entity. Uh, and then I've got a statistical analysis tool for flesh and blood cards, the marketplace, decks, all that sort of stuff. So very, very busy. Uh, and that's all in, um, you know, in addition to my full time work as well. So there isn't an off day at the moment. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you worked part-time or full-time or how you uh, managed to orchestrate all of this. Yeah, um, full-time. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so is your, uh, if you don't mind me asking, is your uh, employment within the like coding uh, web design space as well? Or is this kind of a yes. hobby situation for you? Okay, yeah. Nice. I was kind of lucky. It started off as a hobby. Uh, I used to build websites effectively for you know i'm a big video gamer as well and so i used to build a lot of um clan websites and stuff back in sort of starcraft one days uh and so you know oh, building those guild websites stuff is how i got started for you yeah it, it is but um yeah when it came to, yeah that's right <laughs> uh when it came time to sort of decide what i wanted to do with my life um it's my hobby sort of made my choice for me which was so i'm kind of lucky in that regard nice excellent um so i mean FabDB and the Wraith Times are pretty slick, and you started them pretty early on. Well, 
early on for us, it felt like, because it started before we started playing the game or created our podcast. Um, uh, did, I don't think... Had you made very similar things for a previous TCG? Uh, no, I hadn't. Um, I mean, I used to... I think like a lot of Fab players, I used to play MTG, particularly way back in the day. Um, and, you know, a bit of, you know back when MTG was released, I think I was like 12 years old. So, um, mm-hmm. so I didn't have the foresight I, I don't think anyone actually because it was one of the first to sort of see where that game was going um and so even though i played it and liked it a lot and i was didn't hadn't quite started on the software engineering side of things at that point um you know that kind of passed me by and i played a lot of other tcgs uh sort of leading up to fab but none of them really grabbed me uh until flesh and blood did uh and so i, I have this <laughs> sort of curse in the sense that and one of my friends have remarked on it uh, a few times is that when i sort of latch onto something i create a website for it um and so although i haven't created websites for other tcgs before i've definitely created websites for other games and things that i've been into uh mm-hmm. and so it's just a natural thing for me that when i really like something i'll start building websites and applications <laughs> nice well that was uh very fortunate because basically from the get-go for us there was a flesh and blood resource you know because we started playing before Crucible came out and the game was still <clears throat> relatively small. And I at yeah. least was like fairly surprised that there's this, uh, you know, large uh, database out there already. Yeah. So. And that was out. Um, I had it launched a month after release. So it came oh, out wow. October, 2019. I started playing the game early November, 2019. And within two weeks I had uh, the card database up. Uh, and then I was working on the collection manager and it basically just became an evolution of what I what I needed for with what I was doing. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I like this game so much. I'm actually going to start trying to do deck building. Uh, and so that's how that kind of got started as well. Nice. Nice. Psych uh, was high in month one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Kenny Michael. Kenny Michael was a sort of an early player, um, quite a good player as well. So he got me into the game. Um, and so, yeah, once he taught me the game, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Um, this, this isn't going anywhere. So, Nice. Yeah, that, I mean that's like uh, the the universal story for everybody. Yeah, you know, is like uh, you just have to play it. You know, yeah. and what I mean by it not going anywhere is I mean it's, it's not disappearing. Not not as in it's not going to grow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think I understood that, but it's good clarification. Yeah, it's not gonna be around for a couple of years, and then they're gonna fuck it up, and then it's gonna die, and you're gonna be yeah. left with all of this like useless cardboard and pine away at the uh yeah the the days of yore you know yeah absolutely i mean i think the real question here that everybody is wondering is uh who's your main who who you playing (laughs) who's your favorite hero what's going on well i will say that unfortunately i don't get to play as much as i would like Uh, i played the shit out of alpha um welcome to wrath as well Mm -hmm. as sorry i'm not sure if i want to swear or not here yeah, I just, um, I just said fuck, it. so it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, because exactly, I can swear like a sailor if we need to. So, <laughs> I mean, um, so I, I I really played the crap out of Welcome to Wrath and Arcane Rising, uh, and then but what was really interesting was that, and I'll come around to your question in a second, is that yeah, Crucible yeah. of War is what really actually got the game going. Um, I was just looking at the stats on FabDB the other night to kind of see where the growth started, and it was immediately after Crucible of War things yeah. just really started picking yeah. up. 
Um, so basically, f from Crucible of War, my game time has been way down, uh, unfortunately. But uh, Dorinthia was my main for, for a long, long time. Um, and if I had time to play Monarch, I mean, I bought a crap load of Monarch cards because I was really intent on creating some space, but then I had a baby. So that just didn't that didn't happen. I, I would love well, to play. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's, right. that's a good thing as well. <laughs> No one to blame but myself. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to play Bolton, and I did play some games with the start with the Hero Decks, and it just ah, Monarch is such an amazing set. I loved it so much. Um, so I've only played I think about four or five games of Monarch. Um, I played nothing during almost nothing during uh, Crucible of War, so it's been a bit, a bit unfortunate. Oh dang, yeah, that is unfortunate. But as a uh, fellow Dorinthia <clears throat> and Bolton player, I can say that uh, Bolton is uh it's just so fun it feels like i feel like i haven't mastered it at all you know there's like an extra two layers i can see but cannot grasp yet and that's like yeah uh the the tiny or not even a tiny it's like the carrot on the stick that like <laughs> is, is has really been leading me down uh, a path here and uh Gosh, Bolton is so fun. That's pretty typical of flesh and blood. There's always like, yes, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you can just tweak it and tweak your own gameplay that much more. The skill ceiling is so high, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why it grabbed me so early is because the the decision trees in the game um, and what that means for sort of decision you make now versus later, um, yeah. I found quite profound. Like I played a lot of um, card games. I, I was into Star Wars Destiny for a bit. Mm -hmm. That has a similar sort of de um, decision uh, depth, but um, it is somewhat limited by the randomness of the dice rolls, right. um, which I found a little bit annoying. And you know, you're always going to get randomness in games. If it's always a given, it doesn't it doesn't make it very much fun. But right. um, yeah, seeing those decision trees uh, is really what got me involved in the game. I was like, hang on a second. And then I started, you know, understanding sort of setting up for later game using your pitch and all that sort of stuff. I was like, oh my god, this game goes deeper still. It's just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, totally. We just we just uh, actually came from doing a learn to play at our local shop, and uh, oh, cool. one of the players there said. Um, what they found intriguing about it, um, having played it for the first time ever, was just like the, uh, you know, the player interaction they found was just like so compelling, right? Because yes. your, your setup decisions, your block decisions, like all of that is quite a bit, you know, more so than some, some other TCGs where you're just setting up a combo or whatever. And there's like, we're like building a board state. Yeah, relatively you know? yeah. less interaction with the other player. And that goes really in the spirit of flesh and blood, right? Like, you know, playing with your opponent. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was... I think that's... No, Sorry. go ahead, Kirk. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, that I think that's a key difference between games like MTG and Fab is that you are actually... The, the good players, at least, in flesh and blood are really trying to set up a game state. But right. um, in games like MTG, where you have a... Uh, board state that you're setting up which can be counted by your opponent the interesting thing with flesh and blood is that you're setting up a game state that can't be counted by your opponent so it's it's much more there's much more of an onus on you in regards to how well you're playing right. versus your sort of opponent's hands at any one time yeah exactly because you can't you can never just play your like four card draw right like the yeah you you will once you reach a player who has more skill than you you just lose every time, right? If you're not That's being right. mindful, and they and they'll pick. I've been most that. of my fab life. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, d yeah. Doing the learn to play today, it was, uh, and people were saying that they're like, "Oh, I can see how there's so many more layers for myself to, uh, you know, get better at." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, yep. like there's a whole 
uh, you know, what you pitch and how you can pitch to match your opponent and, and all of those things are, are the levels we all strive to be in, you know? And it's really interesting watching the pro player matches and stuff as well, because there's been so many times we've been watching a Dorinthia player. And what I like to do when I'm watching those matches is I pause it before they make a play. And then I sort of decide what sort of play I would do in this situation. Yeah. And almost all the time it's, it's wrong. You know, it's, it's the wrong <laughs> approach to take. But I, then I question, I was like, well, hang on, why would you play that when you could be pushing for more damage? And then you sort of, you come back to it, you know, five or six turns later, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think Dorinthia is, is the best deck to learn about that because it has so much gas, you know, and you can just like put the pedal to the floor and you're like, cool, I'm winning. And then mm. all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. All I have is blue warriors valor <laughs> and, right. and blue iron song response. <laughs> this is not very threatening. I'm not getting any like what's, damage through, you know. And what's really interesting yeah. actually is those cards in particular were far less effective in uh, the Welcome to Wrath sort of meta, and the reason for that is because everybody was basically running you know simplos and unmovables. So Drinthy was yeah. actually kind of a hard character to play at a particular point in time. Yeah. But once you start removing cards like Simplo with four defense, even a blue warriors valor becomes really handy. Yeah, 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 and that and that's how, what you learn like as you play the deck too is that you're trying to kind of chip in damage and and kind of thin the deck out to where yeah. that if you did have blue warriors valor that it would be um, unfavorable for them to like let that happen you know yeah uh, of course you don't want to be in that you want to pitch a red or a yellow you know a couple of those at yeah the that's right but yeah so why I hated arcane rising so much with dash is because especially once sort of pistol dash started taking place and made it is because no matter what i did as warrior i could put the gas on and they'd have an unmovable setup or they've got you know all these defense reactions they could deal with and that's why i kind of like the as the card pool it seems to me as the card pool expands the dependency on defense reactions has fallen which makes dorinthia and possibly bolton as well more powerful than previously yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what we see in the game right now is it's an aggro meta in both, yeah. in all continents, basically, from, from any competitive play we see. It's like, you know, uh, you can't really control enough. You yeah. Know. And I was saying this sort of as we were seeing Monarch previews, I was saying on the Flesh and Blood, uh, the main Facebook page, that we were going to be setting, heading into an aggro meta just because the cards that had, it felt almost like a big power spike in Monarch. Um, yeah. which seems much harder to defend for. Yeah, and I think they nailed it too. Yeah. Like making it not so oppressive, but definitely giving you plenty of hints to be like, no, you you should really play these heroes this way. It'll be uh, really beneficial for you. And even, you know, you're, you're still getting past all the defenses and stuff, you know. Although, the, yeah. you know, Guardian does have, you know, a strategy right now for against Chain is to, to bluff that you're going to play and then have chain kind of like maybe shackle a little bit too much and then just pump the brakes and watch them like run out of deck. Yeah. Or ninja is also still very viable, but yeah, I agree. That's one thing I was a little bit turned off at first by Monarch just because they kind of like went wider with characters, right. Instead of just like pumping the existing ones and really rewarding like class loyalty, which I thought I would have kind of preferred but the introduction of these new heroes and play styles was really much healthier for the game. I mean, thankfully it killed Pistol Dash, right? Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And now there's yeah. kind of this rock, papery, scissors thing going on, right? Like I've been trying yeah. to, I can't 
make Ranger to beat Bravo and these other heroes, which has like been pretty frustrating for me. But mm-hmm. then my buddy or Mitch, Johnny Blue Razor, <laughs> um, just like whomped Bravo <laughs> with his ninja deck. But then my Ranger deck like whomps his ninja deck, you know, and yeah, it's well, just okay. like this like rock, paper, scissory thing, which is, you know, again, like kind of frustrating at times, but is just like indicative of a really healthy game. Yeah, I actually think it's uh, where they want the game to be is that sort of thing. So you, there's definitely some luck with the matchups in the tournament space as well. So there's just going to be some characters you're going to have a hard time with. And, and some people will be lucky enough that they get paired up with kind of like a, you know, almost an ideal sort of setup, um, sort of heading into sort of later rounds and that sort of thing. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like Monarch doesn't seem to have at this point a clear winner in regards to all the heroes and stuff, which I think is awesome. I think people are still sort of figuring that out. But I'd... I'd I think that in the next sort of, you know, six to eight weeks, we'll start to see um, some heroes start to pull ahead, which I think will be, which would be pretty cool. Yeah. But I love it. I, I, I love the artwork and the, and everything they've done with Monarch. Yeah. Um, and I think um, with the heroes, I thought going to slow down on the hero releases. I think we're going to see new heroes all the time. And the reason why I say that is because by keeping the, you know, one of the things that I think Magic has a problem with and, and other games, like they do have a separation in regards to sort of the mana colors and that sort of thing for deck building, but you can pair them, right? And it's not that big a deal. But by having specific heroes and specific classes, uh, and as we get more and more classes as well, effectively what it does is it uh, segregates the card pool uh, into sort of these verticals that we can that we can use. And it allows those cards to live a very long time, which is one of their, one of their key goals, both for collectors and for players. So... I think it's really good, and I, th- you know, I've seen some criticisms, and concerns from the community as well in regards to, you know, it's going too wide. There's there's too many problems here, but you know, I, I hearken it back to a lot of other games. I play a lot of tabletop games as well, particularly war games and that sort of thing. And one of my favorite games ever was a game called Guild Ball by Steamforged Games, which is effectively like a combat um, soccer game. Yep. And one oh, of the things they did great. right. <laughs> yeah, one of the things they did uh, right compared with, uh, say, War Machine, which is another tabletop game, um, War Machine had effectively four factions, right? And there's, this is sort of a long-winded story, but I'll, I'll get back to the point in a second. War Machine had four factions, and what happened was the they never expanded those factions, so the number of units, heroes, and you know tanks and all stuff that you could use just grew vertically, and so it became very difficult for them to balance those factions because the design space that they had was just too broad and too open but guild ball by comparison had so many that's right um guild ball by comparison had so many guilds and you only had up to 12 or 13 players per per guild and you had six on the field at any one time that the you know the number of options you had available to the guilds wasn't all that great and they sat very comfortably within their own design space and so i think what lss is doing is very similar to that in the sense that they're going very wide on the heroes so they each have as fills a very small niche in the design space that uh, actually makes it easy to keep it balanced whereas if you the more cards you add to a card pool for a given hero or gear in class that then poses challenges for them to keep the the, the game balanced yeah exactly and and plus they can be uh like more not i think risky is the wrong word but uh can do really exciting things with heroes you know what i mean like yes it's a it's it's only one card that has one effect in it and it doesn't pair with a bunch of other stuff you know like yeah uh, you know we'll take chain for example you know he has a really powerful hero ability for sure and it really just only works with you know certain cards and as long as they don't expand the shadow rune blade pool too large it won't get 
uh, out of hand, you know, so they can continue to do things like that with new heroes, which is really kind of, I think, cool. That's why I think the, the the most dangerous side of the game for them from a design perspective, I think, is the generic cards. Because every new generic card can be used by any yeah. hero. And it's quite difficult as the heroes expand to see how those cards will impact them all and whether they impact them all fairly. Um, yeah. So I think that's a really interesting aspect for them. And I think, actually, over time, we'll see less and less generic cards actually released, you know, just sort of a handful each time, uh, just for that very reason. Yeah, I mean, the generics in this set <clears throat> are pretty underwhelming. You yeah, know, yeah. like they're pretty good, but they're still not better than, you know, we were talking about this like uh, right before the cast about the non-attack actions in Monarch are just kind mm-hmm. of pretty underwhelming. Like, you know, uh, Captain's Call is like pretty good and flexible, but it's just not as good as something like Plunder Run, you know? No, that's yeah. right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we'll see that as well, <clears throat> that the generics will probably be really for uh the limited side of play and if they happen to make it into a constructed deck yeah. like that's that's totally okay even the what? the majestics right like yes uh, exude confidence and maybe it's really it's still pretty early in the meta and so maybe somebody will figure out how to really utilize that card to create effect but yeah. nobody's like really <clears throat> running that and the uh nourishing emptiness right is like uh, kind of a blitz card only right now because of mm. it, you could see it turn one and it just has such a high upside you might as well throw it in your like hyra deck i'm running yep. one exude confidence in my sideboard <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so for I which mean, matchups um i'm just trying it in ranger because you can like snapdragon or razor it and if you're playing yep. against a deck that doesn't have high power attacks you can kind of like swing it for four and then like an arrow for eight dominate or something and there's no defense reactions in the whole chain um yeah right but that's like a pretty specific it helps you in the control ninja matchup yeah totally i mean it's like really good it's just really specific and really blocks for two and red (laughs) (laughs) but i'm just like trying it because i think it's a really cool card yeah 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 totally um yeah it's a uh, yeah, chain, chain's definitely the deck to beat in my eyes for sure. And with now the U.S. getting road to Nats and the calling, I think we will see the meta move forward way faster than we have in the previous years. You know, only really seeing a lot of high-level play from uh, New Zealand and Australia. I think now with the states and Europe uh, involved. Uh, that's just so many more eyes on the game and so many more minds that um, things should move pretty quickly, which is pretty exciting, I think. Yeah, I think uh, if Worlds is able to go ahead, um, I, I think that that's just going to be a super exciting time for Flesh and Blood. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll see one fairly large number of players uh, involved, but also just the number of players just watching that event to see what happens is going to be awesome. And to see you know, whether the OG Matt Rogers is able to take it out would be just amazing. Yeah, that w- that would be pretty insane. I mean, I, you know, if anybody has a shot, it's him for sure. He's got a ton of experience and multiple wins. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's ridiculous how good Matt is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's not just constructed. Like he's dominated Blitz. He's also did through limited as well. I was like, what the yeah. hell, man? How are you yeah. doing this? <laughs> totally. Because a lot of times you're like, ah, oh, you know, I like I built this deck to beat like Dorinthia 
and Ira, but then uh, I, I drew a Reinar my first round and lost. So then I just got unlucky that tournament. But then you're like, wait, Matt Rogers just like gets to the top every time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's not luck. It's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, not, you just got to play better. Just not as good. Um, <laughs> that brings me to it, Kirk. So you have your finger on the pulse of flesh and blood, like more than almost anybody um, just between FabDB and um, your articles for uh, the Wraith Times, which, you know, a lot of big names uh, contribute to. Um, yeah. Do you have any comments on the current state of, you know, the meta, how things are moving forward into these big tournaments? Do you want to just talk about that a little bit? To be honest, I'm not sure there's much I can offer um, to, to that question. The main reason being right, is well, because although I... Over. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my reason for being here is uh null and void now no just reason being is because one i i don't think i'm i'm that good a player um you know when i was playing dorinthia a lot i was starting to get decent um but certainly just not as good so i i watch it more from a curiosity and interest perspective more than anything else um but yeah sort of heading into the the the, the tournament scene um i mean the health of the game is really good you know it's it's <laughs> these claims from people that the game is dying you know because the market's going down is just ridiculous yeah totally they obviously don't know anything about markets <laughs> or how games actually die you know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's amazing to just me increasing exponentially constantly there's yeah no yeah totally. the price is going to go up for sure like if you look on facebook somebody has like a beginner question all the time you know yeah um and that just shows you that the demand for things is going to start to go up. And when that goes up, prices go up, you know? So yeah. I think the correction we're seeing in the market anyway was sort of uh, one, I think it was overdue, but I think it was really needed. Um, oh, and, you know, if, sure. if anyone's read uh, Freya's articles, Freya writes for Wrath Times as well. Um, does yeah, the we market, yeah, does the marketplace updates and that sort of stuff. And also check out um, Kitchen Table TCG uh, if listeners haven't. He does, I think, almost every other day is doing sort of market updates and things. So he's, he's worth following as well. Shout out to Louis. Um, but you know, I, I think that correction, despite the fact that it's happening across all games was, was needed. Um, it was just getting utterly ridiculous. Some of those prices. So, you know, those, for those that sold at the top, well done. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. Healthy. There can definitely be healthy prices, but when, you know, people can't play the game, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, totally. Like I, I neglected to say like, at our learn to play like oh yeah and then when you really get into this you got to get this legendary and if you want the unlimited one it's still two hundred dollars you know yeah. if you really want to be like a competitive ninja player i was talking yeah. to one player about that though and they were like so how much is a deck and you know i i said uh i mean you can get like a really good deck for like a hundred bucks yeah but then the two more cards that make it you know, top two are like 200 yeah, bucks yeah. each. Right. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, that's not that bad. Because I guess compared to like some other TCGs, that's like fairly cheap still. So to me, that sounded like a pretty big, you know, like price hike or like a pretty yeah. expensive game to get into. But I think like compared to, you know, other competitive <laughs> TCGs, it's like, you know. Fab really isn't that expensive. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, I play a lot of games. I just spent, I think about $1,700 on Warhammer. So, you know, it's not... <laughs> 
it's not it's not an expensive game and you know compared with like some of the top uh, decks in uh, mtg you know some of them are at the moment are at like 1800 a pop so it's like depending on the cards that yeah. you're looking for to to complete your deck and yeah it can be very expensive by the way if anyone's following sort of the unlimited space at the moment i'm seeing like hearts of fiendor from unlimited um eyes that sort of thing like sort of sub 400 pick them up <laughs> if you can grab them <laughs> yeah totally i can't believe it yeah, it's, it's super like cheap. It's, it's, it's too cheap now. And I are pretty close in price right now. Yeah, it's insane. Grab them. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, um oh, so what was I gonna say? I forget. Go ahead, Isaac. Sorry. Well, I was gonna just you ask looked you. right into my eyes with those baby blues, <laughs> and I got lost. Dude, this is why you guys need to do video. Yeah. Got to see these interactions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was just. This is we were talking about this earlier, but I was just. I gotta say, even I mean, you sounded really confident in this game from the beginning, but even you have to be surprised at the uh, speed it or, you know, just how much success Flesh and Blood has seen in such a short time period. It look, it's a, a bit of a hard question to answer because I mean, I had belief and faith in the game right from the start. It was just that good, um, right. and you know, like I said, I've played other card games in the past such as uh, l5r which is a really good uh sort of bushido style yep. uh, card game if you haven't played yeah. it legend That's of the five Re- Le- oh it's amazing the new uh, skirmish yeah. format as well is, is really good yeah um, really like that. yeah and we are playing we are podcasting on a star wars destiny play mat right now so we're, ah we're, awesome we're a little trio right now <laughs> yeah they're great i've got so many boxes of awakenings just sitting here because uh, i bought heaps of that stuff because i thought it was gonna i thought it was really gonna go far so i was wrong on that one for sure well, but the only reason i was wrong on that is not lss yeah. yeah no that's right um <laughs> I, I after star wars destiny i kind of gave up on fantasy flight games for that very reason because they just seem to just drop products as quickly as they make them so uh, yeah. i've been burnt two yeah, times totally. by them unfortunately yeah but otherwise i, th- I think their game design is really good but yeah um what was I saying about that? Um, yeah, so I've played all those games that I, which I really love, but it was never enough to kind of push me over the edge to to build something for it. Uh, and so when I started Flesh and Blood, I was just like, you know what? I think this actually has legs. So actually, to be honest, I'm, I'm surprised by how slow it was. Uh, for me, it was actually a bit slow. I thought by the end of 2020, we would just be like critical mass, but I don't think, or terminal velocity, I, I don't think we're quite there yet. I think probably after the next couple sets, we'll be at, i think actually after worlds is when the game will really reach sort of peak well you could blame that on covid partly i mean you can right. add a year delay in there at least oh no i'm gonna blame james white solely it's all his fault <laughs> okay uh james we'll let him do know. not endorse that <laughs> i know you didn't give us a spoiler this season but Kirk does not speak for us <laughs> no i think they've done that for a phenomenal job and i think part of the reason why they've done so well particularly in europe stuff is because of sasha's work as well because uh, i know he was sort of uh, involved with distribution and stuff right. over there so yeah it's, it's doing amazing um, yeah. I, I remember actually it was after crucible of war i started to see the united states sort of market really pick up traction and i think it was within about the space of two months it went from being on par with australia and new zealand to being like six seven times the traffic of both of them combined i was like whoa here we go yeah totally. well it makes sense you know we're so much bigger um than both countries you know oh yeah absolutely so yeah um yeah i don't think the player you know the game is only it's still in its infancy for sure you know even though it's been around for you know years it's still there aren't that many sets out you know uh, especially yeah. when i was like talking to people about uh who are brand <coughs> new to the game you know and i'm like oh yeah. yeah and they're like what set do i buy i'm like well 
you can really buy all of them. It's not like there just aren't that many cards still. You know, it feels like I, I always recommend Welcome to Wrath when someone asks me buy Welcome to Wrath, and the reason is because it's a really good introduction to the game's mechanics. And if you yeah, can get a hold yeah. of the sort of the started starter hero decks, uh, and I don't mean you know the bricks because they're ridiculously priced now, but uh, if you can just kind of make up those starter decks, and you can do that through FabDB as well, um, they're just those decks are so well balanced. I think that's actually one of the other reasons why. I dove so deeply into the games because I played with all of the four hero decks right off the bat and all of the games came down to one or zero life. Every single one. I was yeah. like, this mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah, that's how we started too with those uh, those 60 card pre-cons. And, uh, so good. Yeah, it was super exciting. Like at, at first it was like, well, is this like uh, how balanced this is or is this just like our player skill? And as we like got better, it was like those those decks were just really, really good for sure. And yeah well, well balanced and stuff and yeah that's what yeah. we learned used for our learn to play was um the welcome to wraith heroes and that sort of thing and you yeah. kind of forget how like there's quicken tokens and there's dominate you know there's like <laughs> these keywords that you're like oh right quicken yeah, is uh, my fourth love <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like this is uh how this works right and then you th- you would think about like adding arcane damage and instance on top of that to someone who was yeah. new you know, it, it becomes a little bit more complicated. Or blood debt or anything. Just learning yeah. how Dawnblade functions is like enough for your first day. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> right. I get hit. I get, I get to attack again, right? No, you also <laughs> no. go again. Okay, what does go again do again? Like, okay, uh, this. Yeah. I used to play, um, actually, my first calling event, I played a go wide attack action card Dorinthia build. And it wasn't enough to kind of cement my place and getting a few wins, but it was so close every single time. But I really loved Flock of the Feather Walkers because once you could kind of start chaining them together, I thought it was really good. So when I saw Bolton and his ability to actually yeah. use attack action cards properly, I was like, oh, Flock has a really good place here, actually. But I haven't had a chance to test it out yet. So Yeah, that's a cool idea. I haven't actually thought about Flock at all in Bolton it's kind of hard to get i guess once you get that first token out it's it becomes a lot easier but uh that's an interesting idea we'll have to the challenge with flock is definitely getting the timing right if you get the timing wrong it can actually hinder you which is why i think some players don't take it or don't want to use it yeah it is kind of a like best used from the arsenal uh you know you kind of got to wait a couple of turns to kind of set up those plays yeah for sure but um it's always good turn one that's a great time to play flock Turn yeah, absolutely. Quick and token. Yep. We're ready to go, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mentioned to our player, this is just fresh in our minds, and you know, <laughs> maybe you'll have some thoughts on it, but I said that maybe that they should pick up uh, Monarch just because uh, the amount of cards you would have to collect to kind of make a pretty good deck is much smaller, you know? Oh, like, fair, yep. You know, which is, I, I, I can see why they made a brand new hero in a brand new class because it's all contained in one set basically you know yeah not, not that's very a good many, point uh prism decks are using non-illusionist or non-light cards you know or yes. they can't be subbed in and out so that was kind of my recommendation so if you're out there and you're like unsure of how to buy stuff those are two recommendations from two experts <laughs> And no, I think that's actually a really good. <laughs> the pretty face. He said experts, so yeah. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. I think um, 
I, I remember when I first saw Prism as well. That's the thing about Monarch. Like every single time I saw one of these heroes mentioned, I was like, oh, that sounds like so much fun to play. And I think, you know, it's a credit to LSS in regards to just how wide and varied the different hero play styles are. Yeah, uh, totally. I, I think they, again, I mean, this is just turning into how good LSS is at <laughs> our, but yeah. Uh, I can't stop raving about them. I just, I, I, mean, I love the product they've built. I love working with them. James White is just a standout dude. Like when I went to, which is, oh God, what was that? 29, must be 2019. Oh no, 2020, early 2020. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he basically, you know, I'll be, I was wanting to talk to him and I'd been talking to him for months before that. I mean, before I even started FabDB, you know, I reached out to use all the images and do what I wanted to do. And they were just super excited and supported to, to get it going. So I was just really happy to be able to meet with them. And he took out during the calling on, oh no, it was, it was the pre-event. He took out an hour out of his day just to chat with me about all sorts of stuff. Um, oh, right related. So yeah, it was really awesome. Um, he's, he's a really, really nice and really top guy. Yeah. It seems like a very likable, likable kind guy. Yeah. I was hoping he's just so genuine as well. And he just has oodles of integrity. Uh, like there's a story about him. Like I knew, um, the guy that ran uh, a wrath shop in Australia a while back. Mm -hmm. And he had a, uh, this is when I was trying to just pick up as many hearts of Fendor as I could. So, you know, I was putting my money where my mouth was really when it came to the early game. Um, and he had this one heart of Fendor out and uh, I think it was like $340 Australian or something. And I was just about to buy it. And then he said, Oh, it's been sold. I said, who the hell bought my damn card? And he said, James White did. And it just, it blew me away. Cause I was like, this guy can literally print heart of Fendor's and he's going <laughs> and buying them from shops. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, that's great. That's a great story. Yeah, I was really just hoping... card player. Yeah, just, yeah, just one of us. But also just the integrity of that. Um, it yeah. just it yeah. it speaks volumes for him and his company. Yeah, it totally does. And uh, their level of communication is uh, been un unparalleled. You know. Yeah. With everything that's uh, gone on in the last couple of years, and I was really hoping that the lss team was going to kind of be at some of the u.s callings um but you know with covid and stuff it makes sense that channel fireball is yeah. going to be putting it on which they're still going to do a really good job because that's kind of like what they do but i just yep. really wanted to uh, uh you know get to thank those folks and uh you know rub rub elbows with them and that sort of thing yeah, on, rub elbows. yeah exactly <laughs> maybe next year yeah yeah. <laughs> or when we make it to Worlds, you know. All right, we'll just see him at Worlds. Yeah, James White will yeah, be there course. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's no big deal. We just win a calling, win nationals, go to Worlds. Notice I did yeah, not say right. win Worlds. We just gotta go. Flawless plan. Yeah, totally. It's easy. Right. I'm actually the strategy yeah. here. Yeah, that's right. I'm actually really looking forward to hearing the stories from people who have sort of started on that path. You know, and they're the sort of local communities building up their experience, winning local events and skirmishes, going to callings, winning those getting to worlds and then winning that is just like, it's, it's quite, it's very much sort of a pilgrimage through the game for some really cool stories and, and content. So hopefully we'll get one of those up on rough times at some point. Oh, for sure. It's really exciting for us because so like Taylor found and introduced me to flesh and blood before anybody really played it here last August, two and, August yep. ago, two August ago. I don't know. No. I don't know now. Yeah, Last no. August. Just one, one, <laughs> one year ago. Um, You're right. Anyway, so then we've like just played with our friends before like anybody else played. And then, you yep. know, slowly then skirmish seasons launched online. And then it like all of a sudden like people are playing online and like different game stores are having these events. I mean, 
you know, when you guys were having events the whole time. But for us, it just like first it was nothing. And then there's like a small group of 50 people in California playing or whatever. And now uh, we're both going to the calling in Vegas because, you know, it's just really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I've never gone to a like a huge like this big of a like game tournament before. So I'm pretty yeah, excited for the whole the whole journey we're on, the whole experience. Yeah, mad. So what got you guys starting a podcast? Like what, what was the sort of the catalyst? You're like, you know what? This is something we should be doing. Oh, well, so I am an avid podcast listener. I used to have a job where I did a ton of like kind of repetitive work and then a lot of driving. So podcasts were just like, you know, six, mm. eight, 12 hours part of my day. Um, yeah, wow. So I just really liked podcasts. You're like the smartest dude on the internet by now. <laughs> yeah, you've absorbed no, a lot of no, hours. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I I listen to entertaining podcasts. <laughs> I'm not like here to like stuff you should know or how to like repair your car. Like, no, it's it, it's like stuff about games or or sports yeah. or just buddies just fucking shooting the shit, you know, yeah. which are some of my my favorites, but. Um, I tried to start a podcast with my friend uh, Troy in uh, probably like 2018, and we were going to review board games, and that just never got off the ground. But I did buy good a one, Troy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> tell him not Taylor's fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, we, I had a microphone, and then uh, COVID happened, and then we this game uh, happened. And there just weren't a lot of podcasts for Flesh and Blood. And I just asked Isaac, like, you want to do a Flesh and Blood podcast? And he was like, sure. I was like, sweet. And yeah, then, I'm going to learn how to play the game and we'll do a podcast. Yeah, and then so we we just started. Because I it was something to do uh, for quarantine times that gave me personally uh, yeah. like more to focus on and more yep. to do. And we had the time to do it. and then And then here we are. Yeah. And also great uh, question, Kirk. I don't think we've ever talked about that before, but um, (laughs) so yeah. And like for me or for us, it also became like, as I started to like play the game and we made a couple episodes, it like quickly became like, obviously this is a really quality game, right? That's pretty small and doesn't have a lot of content. So like everything that everybody across the board was doing, um globally but you know also especially in the states for us was just like contributing to trying to grow flesh and blood you know for the success of the game and so also we would have some things to play in you know or whatever so yeah yeah um, can make new friends yeah yeah totally exactly yeah we've made quite a lot of (laughs) friends we wouldn't have made you know you included yeah and uh so now now there's like a lot of you know content creators out there obviously but um you know when we started it like wasn't really the case so it felt like you know well we should keep doing this yeah, to I try mean, to like make this a thing now there's like maybe i don't know eight podcasts at the time it was uh session blood us and outcast haven you know i guess and uh and probably razor reflex as well i'm not sure if yeah, they're going Ra- anymore razor reflex was still there i guess and uh i think sasha's sasha had a podcast as well which i really enjoyed but he only got like seven episodes or something i think yeah or something like that but i mean it w- and we were at the time when we were thinking of 
starting it, we were like, you know, we're just going to sit around and talk about flesh and blood anyway. <laughs> yeah. We might as yeah. well like uh, do something about it, you know. Yeah. And and I'll say now too, like if we can get through like the drought that happened between Crucible and Monarch and coming up with fucking episodes with, with like nothing <laughs> nothing was happening uh we will be doing this podcast forever yeah it's really easy now because things happen (laughs) yeah totally there's like news every month and there's like gameplay happening and oh god it's so easy yeah it's busy now yeah 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 so we're actually getting to the point on on the wrath times we're actually having to push back on content because we've got so much stuff coming forward uh coming so like we actually have to kind of keep space available just in case things come up oh Oh, nice yeah yeah that's excellent yeah. I mean, um, we could push out an article every day, but that would probably make me broke. So. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, and like I would personally probably lose some of those articles because it'd be so diluted by an article a day. Or maybe not. Maybe I'd just check more. But. Yeah. Every morning at the office, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, I really want to set up um, subscription lists and stuff on uh, Wrath Time so that you, you basically subscribe to stuff you're interested in on it anyway. So. Oh, gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Well, in that same vein, can you uh, just um you know self-promote a little bit for a minute and just like pitch us uh you know the features of fab db and wraith times in case any of our listeners are like wondering exactly what functions either of those sites can have or what tools you can use or what you can learn from them you know uh yeah sure you just give us a quick rundown um, I haven't worked on my elevator pitch yet because the, the, the company isn't at that point but uh, I'll try and be I'll try and be quick and um do so for brevity's sake. So the first thing about Raft Times is, uh, firstly, shout out to Alex Chuel. He's the editor for the Raft Times. Um, if it wasn't for Alex, you know, the content on Raft Times wouldn't be anywhere near where it currently is. I mean, I, I, I personally think, and obviously I'm a little bit biased, but I personally think the quality on the Raft Times is uh, second to none. Um, and I think anyone else trying to do the similar sort of thing is going to be hard pressed to do so. Um, but, you know, Raft Times is all about uh, the content around flesh and blood and we do everything from sort of community spotlight articles which i think we really need to have you guys on there as well for that uh, we do community spotlight stuff we do news obviously uh meta shifts uh, you know davis kingsley who um famously sort of started destroying <laughs> blitz and skirmish with his dorinthia builds um was you know sort of pivotal in starting to shift that uh, meta on there uh, that was one of our pro series articles so so we do pro series articles which is part of a subscription which you do through our through our patreon um, but also if you become a subscriber you're also getting access to uh, audio of our articles which again you know something i haven't seen before um, and that's mostly done by uh, mark chamberlain um, he's got a really really beautiful voice so it's kind of nice to listen to him narrate a lot of these articles uh-huh. and that sort of thing but um, we do <laughs> that's right you have competition my friend um <laughs> But no, he has a voice made for that sort of stuff. So, uh, but anyway, um, that's really good. You know, if you're sort of into the more of the audio side of things um, and we do articles there uh, at least twice a week with pro series articles twice a month um, and hoping to kind of pick that up sort of as we get more subscribers. So you know, my goal is to have one pro series article every week, but that's a, that's a while off yet. Um, and you know, that won't affect the price either. So uh, FabDB is really the flagship product. FabDB is, you know, essentially all your tools and utilities for managing flesh and blood. So whether that be you're just looking to do research on various cards or you need to build your decks or you're looking for interesting decks to play, um, you want to manage your collection. Um, or similarly, you know, if you're in sort of another programmer like myself and you want to do sort of some very niche things, we have API there as well. Um, in fact, a quick shout out to 
uh, Basie from um, our Discord. He's been working on a uh, little PDF generator for basically card-sized uh, deck lists. So you can basically print out a card and then put it into your, your deck box or whatever so you know exactly what's in it. So that's really cool. So we've got lots of stuff over there. It's, it's being built on all the time. The deck builder I am particularly proud of. And the main reason for that being is because I've just spent so much time on it. Uh, and I think it's a really beautiful experience. So uh, if you're a patron, you get access to even more features and that sort of stuff as well, such as uh, limited practice, which is really interesting heading into the, the current meta uh, with all the limited events that are going on. Uh, as well as you know a bunch of other stuff as well so that was a quick very quick recap of everything that's there but there, there's way too much i mean i've spent you know 19 months on the project almost as a secondary job so it's there's a lot of stuff there nice well it definitely shows and thanks yeah, for the thank elevator you. pitch <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh the not so 30 second <laughs> <laughs> not quite <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Uh, they're definitely both two resources me and Isaac use uh, all the time and stuff. And I definitely check out the new uh, articles on Wraith Times basically when they come out. And, you know, I I really like Freya. Her her stuff is great. She's got a great voice. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, she's awesome. Uh, by the way, if no one has seen it yet, she did this sort of tongue-in-cheek uh, humor piece on her blog the other day oh, uh, about... Yeah, about the 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 females, uh, female characters in Flesh and Blood, and why or why you would not want to date them. It's yeah. <laughs> quite, it's an intelligent and really funny piece. So yeah, I recommend everyone go check that it's out. Really, it's really really good. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it has a, a lesbian twist to it, which is even more, uh, you know, enlightening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for those who who aren't aware, it's uh, fabwithfreya.com, and you spell her name uh, F R E Y J A. That, that is yeah, she does a lot of a um, lot of regular stuff over there. Uh, some really good articles and insights into all sorts of things. So definitely yeah, check definitely. it out. We've tried. Nice. We've reached out to her to get her on the cast, but uh, we haven't had much traction. I don't know if we're really her speed. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, Freya. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, Kirk, we are uh, going to be wrapping things up here, but so we're going to move into a few of our signature segments. Uh, sure. We're going to start off with pick, pass, prey. Uh, mm -hmm. Are you familiar with this? Not entirely, no. Okay, great. So it's a uh, draft scenario. Okay, I'm going to give you three cards, and you are going to pick one as your obviously first pick. You're going to pass one along. It's the one you don't care about. Care about, and then the the other one is one you're going to pray comes back around so you can pick it again. Is that clear? Okay. Yeah, well, I've already lost because I'm horrible at draft. Oh, okay. Excellent. <laughs> there is no real actual winner or loser, um, but there actually is a winner or loser, so you figure <laughs> yeah. that one out. You don't have to play a whole draft with these cards, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so uh, as the guest, you get to pick... F you're you're going to go first, so I'm going to read you yep. these cards. Are yep. you ready? I am, I think. Okay, great. So the first card up is Take Flight red mm -hmm. so it's a light warrior attack action it pitches for one costs one attacks for four defends for three and it reads as an additional cost to play take flight you may charge your hero's soul and if you have charged this turn take flight has go again so that's the yep. first card the second card is rally the rear guard red pitches for one costs two attacks for six defends for two and it has a once per turn instant 
Discard a card, Rally the Rear Guard gains plus three defense, activate this ability only while Rally the Rear Guard is defending. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then our third card here is a generic equipment piece for your arms. It's Stubby Hammers. Defends for zero, mm. and it reads Action. Destroy Stubby Hammers. Attack action cards with three or less base power gain plus one while attacking this turn. Go again. So, Kirk, oh. which one are you going to pick? Which one are you going to pass? And which one are you going to pray? Comes back around. I'm going to pass and rally the rear guard. I don't okay. think that's a. I'm not a huge fan of that card, but um, those other two cards are really interesting. I could go either way on them. Um, equipment I find is always really, uh, really interesting. Uh, and if I was able to play Bolton, so I'd probably go with um, Stubbies for the pick and then prey on Take Flight. Okay, wow. That was quick. So, uh, all right. Praying for Take Flight and picking Stubbies. Get out of here, Rally the Rear Guard. Isaac, what, <laughs> what are you going to pick out of these? Um, I'm actually going to agree. I'm going to take Stubbies because sometimes equipment's fairly rare. And uh, in draft decks, you can kind of make those work in a number of decks, right? So even if yeah. my deck doesn't cater to it, if I have like, you know, belittles or whatever, there's like, you know, you could make a turn where popping stubbies would be good. Um, yeah. And I'm going to, this is actually a good one. So I'm going to pray take flight comes back around. Um, I just didn't pick it because it's a it's a warrior only card. Uh-huh. But if it comes back around, nobody's picking warrior this early, and I might grab it because it's so good. But in uh in this scenario with these three cards, I'm also not going to be that mad if Red Rally the Rear Guard comes back around because that card also blocks Prism. And Leviah. And like honestly in draft, just attacking with a sixer strips two cards out of their hands, you know, it's good on its own. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure which one. I pray either one comes back around. (laughs) Goodness graciousness. All right, Taylor. Let's uh let's hear it. What's the uh correct strategy here? Okay. I don't know if this is correct. Actually, this is correct. Ha. I'm going to pick Rally the Rear Guard, and the reason for that is that leaves me open for pretty much every build. Uh, it's a red that basically blocks for five, and there's a ton of like cards that don't block, and it's really good against Prism, really good for Leviah, uh, and it just keeps me open to a lot of classes, and is going to serve um, quite a few functions, I think, in the deck. Uh, I'm going to pass on the stubby hammers. I think Ooh. I would I would rather get these. If I'm going to get these, I want to get them late. So I know uh, that I won't have to like double dip into something I think is a little bit better in like Dreamweavers or Gallantry Gold. I think those are a little bit better for the classes that they're a part of. Although... Um, if there were a chain card in this uh, pile, um, I think Stubby Hammers is a really good pick for that. But yeah, right. uh, I would rather kind of leave that equipment slot open for one of those better uh, things. Oh. And then yep. uh, Take Flight Greedy. Red is just uh, such such a workhorse. It's a it, you know it's got that breakpoint of four. 
and it charges and it gets go again already. So following up with like another hatchet is, is really good and uh, you've charged. So maybe you can kind of go a little bit wider um, and that sort of thing. And this particular card in this pack we opened is actually foil. So that kind of... Uh, Basically does more damage. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you tell me. God. Yeah, yeah, totally. Sorry, I should have told you. Um, Context, so friends. Yeah. So that's what we go with. I'm, I'm picking Rally, I'm passing on Stubbies, and I'm praying uh, Take Flight comes back around. So those are my picks. We'll see uh, what the what the community uh, chooses. Nice. Also, to be noted, we opened a Genesis in this pack, and of course, that would be like the pick one, you know. But So we, right. we T- left it Taylor out because it was too easy. Because it, it was too, too easy. Too easy. <laughs> um, all right, on to our next segment. So, since we have a guest this episode, uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna have Kirk share a board game from the closet with us. And uh, yes. remember, this is not your favorite game, not the best game in the world. It's just we love many board games here at the Attack mm-hmm. Action Podcast. So, uh, you know, we're just gonna share a game we love. All right, let him have it, Kirk. Uh- first when you got sent me this question i was just like oh there's so many i could mention oh, that i just love cracking out um that's what but i'm gonna go we started this segment and now we're like oh shit what we've talked about everything right like <laughs> so it's good to just have gotta buy more games yeah oh god it's fun um but i'm going to go with a game i've been playing a bit recently which i absolutely adore and it's called onatama and onatama is a board game that's basically a simplified version of chess and when you think about that you're like, and if you've played chess you're like why would you want to simplify chess this is ridiculous but it's got some really cool twists in it so onatama is played on a five by five board and you have a king and basically or queen whatever you want to call it and four pawns uh and so What's really interesting about the game is that the game comes with a deck of 20 cards and each game you shuffle and pick five cards. You then deal at those cards, you have two for each player and one of them over on the side. And what these cards effectively provide you is a set of moves that you can actually do with the pieces that you have. Uh, And so each card tells you exactly where you can move to. So the really interesting thing about this is that all the cards are visible. You know the cards you can you can use to move. You know the cards or the moves that your opponent has. And then the card on the side is the one that you take once you've made a move. So you sort of make, you spend a card, you make that move, you put it off to the side, and then you take the other card. So you have this rotating uh, set of cards that are, you know, can be used to move your pieces around. Uh, and the objective of the game is to either destroy your opponent or to land on the throne. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It, it is amazing. Cool. And the artwork's incredible. It's really beautiful. Cool. You'll have nice. to send us the link because that's probably something uh, we will play. It's fantastic. Right. And it comes yeah, with a really nice uh, mat as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah if another Flesh and Blood game. wasn't enough, we need another one to just be like, you know what? Fuck well, the you, cool thing- man. You fucking <laughs> <laughs> The cool thing about it is the games can be played in five to ten minutes. And when I first started oh, playing it with my friend, he's like, do you want to play? And I was like, God, yes, I do. And we ended up playing, <laughs> I think, for about three hours. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, it's so good. And so every game is really different because you always got different moves to, to play with. It's really, yeah. it's quite a fascinating game. That's cool. Yeah, I like games that have kind of that, uh, oh, what's the word? You know, the all the variables are kind of right there and they're kind of low variables, but yep. allows for you to uh, be as creative as possible. You know, yep. and since you're facing another person uh, that, you know, that, that type of ceiling can be very high depending on what your opponent is doing with the same set of yep. uh, rules that you are. So really cool. The, thi- 
Nice. Yeah, the thing, the thing I love the most about the game is that because you know the moves that your opponent has and the card you're going to be giving up to give to them, you're actually playing around about one or two moves ahead because you know what moves are actually going to be available at that time as well. So it's just fascinating. Fascinating game. Nice. Hell yeah. Well, good pitch. Yeah. I'll send it across to you. Cool. Thank you. No worries. Um, well, that brings us to the uh, end of our episode. We really appreciate uh, you reaching out to us and coming on the podcast. It's been... Uh, surprisingly excellent you know oh well thank you i think (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we just hadn't had much correspondence before and sure i'm glad uh we're everybody's getting along so well and it's just you're you're a very nice man thank you taylor thank you isaac yeah thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it i know it's sort of out of the blue but uh it's good to get to chat with some more uh sort of community leaders and people that are a bit more involved so thank you so much no, yeah. yeah, totally. We're super psyched. You know, you reached out. It's just like so nice um, because there's a lot of people, you know, uh, we're just not like used that. to being this famous <laughs> is really what it is. <laughs> it's just, it's, hey, can I get your autograph, by the way? <laughs> it's yeah. just really nice in the flesh and blood community. There's like a lot of people that are just like um, or, you know, that are in the content creator community that are, you know, just like you did just reach out and are like really friendly. And, you know, we're just like yep. one big family loving this game, which is pretty great. I found it amazing at the, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to get off, but I found it amazing when I went to the calling last year, like FabDB wasn't anything. And yet, but I was wearing like FabDB merch just to kind of, if people wanted to reach out to me, they could have. And I was actually amazed by how many people came up to me to have a chat. Um, nice. And everybody was super friendly. So yeah, the, the, the fab community, I think is really amazing. And I think um, there's a lot of people that are quite sensitive to maybe not so positive things happening in other communities. And so they're sort of watching out for it. Um, and I think that effort to just kind of stay positive is having, is paying dividends basically for the community. So yeah, it's, it's really setting a really great precedent, you know, yep. for, for things moving forward and, you know, with the three of us out there doing the good work, uh, yep. the community is just going to stay tip top. Yeah. Can I just say one more thing before I go, though? Oh, of um, course. You could say five more things if you wanted to. But oh, no more. yes. Yeah, we, we uh, no really more than five. We okay. don't really have time limits around here. You could go for it. Yeah. You say <laughs> yeah sucks, right. I'll just edit it out. So. <laughs> God damn it, COVID. Um, no, I just want to do a shout out to the Flesh and Blood TCG Reddit community. Um I don't know the name, so I apologize, but Expendable Guy over there is just doing an awesome job. But the reason I want to mention it specifically is because I offered to give them all basically free memberships to FabDB and Wrath Times. And instead of uh, taking that themselves, they've actually decided to pay it forward. So we're doing a competition over on Flesh and Blood TCG. Uh, You basically just create a meme deck on FabDB. Uh, Definitely check out the thread though. uh, And then you post it on that thread and try and get as many votes as you can. Uh, And the winner will receive a uh, FabDB alpha playmat as well as... um, uh, free membership of lifetime membership to uh, FabDB and Raf Times, and then the next three winners will have uh, a one-year membership to FabDB and Raf Times. So definitely get involved, cool. um, have a great time. And the meme decks are all about just creating something janky and fun. It doesn't have to be serious, um, and get, get those votes. votes going. Yep. Don't gotta win games, just gotta get votes. Like that's right. <laughs> the, the most popular with the crowd. <laughs> it's the best game of all. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, Ex- all right. Excellent. I think that's our show. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks again so much for being on. And uh, yeah, really appreciate it. I had a blast. Uh, yeah, it's great. Me too. Hell thanks yeah. so much. See you guys. See you next time. Totally.